0: Okay, so this is a thank you to you guys as the listeners, so I update faster. Oh, hey, yes, my name is uh, V. This is the Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds podcast. This is the weirdest, I want to say the most obscure podcast that you could catch. I know there's weird podcasts out there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I am aware, yeah. Wait, no. Not that weird that I on the subject matter. I'm just saying, just this is nerd nerd talk. <laughs> Anywho, uh, my name is Vernon. You can call me V, and uh, yeah, this is Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds podcast series, and it's basically me explaining the book to you and reading uh, different excerpts from it. And then giving you updates as to what's happening in the fourth book as I write it. So, yeah, that's, yeah. It's actually you sitting in the writer's chair and me explaining certain things, plot devices. But, I also leave Easter eggs and don't explain certain parts of the story. Nor will I ever explain certain parts of the story just because. And, yeah. I, oh, psh, Yeah, hit the subscribe button, let me know if you like any of the pieces, Uh, I will update faster based off of how you guys like that, so let me explain something to you, first and foremost as my audience, and (laughs) to the two people, and possibly 4.5 people that it is right, let me tell you something, I appreciate you guys so much, and I do not... (laughs) Fame, ignorance, and this is not clout chasing or fame chasing. This is actually my own personal project. This is my audiobook series. This is my own... If someone was to come to me and ask me, like, hey, do you have that in physical copy? I'd be like, you know what? Yes, you can order it from Amazon. I also have a digital copy, and I have an audiobook series. Hmm. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that from there this is basically what I've been working on and I appreciate the input I appreciate everyone that has been helping it's really really a, a great way to elevate not my story but to write it a different way you have to make something make sense to someone and to explain it to them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be explaining the story to them in the first place. And for me, the way that I operated before was not necessarily under the duress of me having to explain my story to someone. It was generally in the sense that I had already written the story already and that I was explaining a a piece of it or an excerpt or a scenario And that was what I was working on the next part to it. But never in the sense of me actually actively writing my book has this instance where I explain it in mass to a lot of people. And then explain uh, different parts of the, the past of the story. This is like the first time that I've done this. And I'm really excited because it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me creatively... Uh, What would you, the best description would be to to say like sharp on what my peers are doing and then things not to replicate uh, even within myself, even the ideal of something that I've come before and then further uh, making it intricate so that I would never be bored and I can't, it's impossible for me to be bored with this story. In many instances, I have not even attempted to even verse that in my head because it's it never happens. It's just something always going on. And I appreciate just and how much time that I spent in doing that. And it was months, <laughs> years, that led up to what it is that I'm explaining to you. And if I can do this, oh, psh- like a lot of people can do their own personal projects and spend their time and, and creating that thing and vision that they had. Uh, that's pretty much the only steps and things that they, they have to do for that. So, yeah. Whew, say that five times fast. <laughs> so, basically, in the last part, I read the third book, and that's called The Seat of the Door with No Threshold. Now, The City of the Door with No Threshold was the continuation of the third uh, installment, but it was the real, just, it, it felt differently. And it's not my favorite book of the series because it's it shortened, but it was, in a way, still updating as to where it was that I, I had the characters And it was the first time that that had happened. And the first book was pretty much the introduction. That that was the introduction of the voices, the characters, the world. Pretty much a lot of what I wanted to express in that way had to be in the first book. And then the second book was a different vein. It was a different part of what I described in the first book. There weren't many instances of the, the characters correlating from the first book to the second. And I like that. I like the one shots and I like the, the characters from the second the second book because they were a bit more wilder, they were a bit more uh, untamed and the first book was this expression of this this sense of not dread but it was this dealing with the event and the event of them losing their memories in mass. And all of what that correlates, all of what happens on a daily basis of what people deal with, their emotions, dealing with other people. And I felt that that that, that was the first book. But the second what was on a whole different other level? I had people living in different places, people in space, floating islands, people underneath the sea, people on trees. Like it was on a whole different, like crazy subgenre. Like I like that. It was really interpretively something that I could be proud of. You know, like that. That. Just set the tone for the rest of how the, the rest, I would look at the series, and then two, how I would redesign the rest of the series, because it would never be something that would be the same, and that also, once again, so I would never repeat myself, have something where I could work towards or meticulously come back to and change, and then go back to again and change again so that that's basically where we're at in the third book in the series and where the name comes from uh, The Seat of the Door with No Threshold and uh, poetry is a very strong word like poetry I'm, you can't even really even see what I look like right now but that's cool and I don't even want you to because I mean that adds to the mystique of what podcasts originally were and then you got YouTube podcasts I like those those guys are awesome and amazing, but for me, it, I'm not refined, I'm, I'm a wild man, and so <laughs> to, to have that correlate to my art style, I wanted that to be indicative with how I wrote, and how I read things, and if you're on Reddit, first and foremost, if you, okay, time out, time out, time out. Let me take a second here, okay? I don't have my spliff in my hand, but I'm about to roll up one after this one. But listen, if you are on Reddit, like you literally legit have an account on there, and you are a, an avid member, you are insane. <laughs> like you must be from a different server from relaying from a different server or something like this because it's a a way of language that is bar none it it correlates to so much in life. and It is short and it's abbreviated it's 20, 140 characters or less Twitter talk but the people that sit at their desk and are detectives of life have all of these things that they know and are geniuses and can instantly recognize something and instantly uh, place it to something else. Just by off an image, just off of one piece of an image. You could play Pictionary with these people and they would be like, oh, well, that's the quarter mountain on the right side of Everest and uh, I think that was probably like 1962 just because the ice caps and the swells yeah, maybe I'm not sure the glacier system was kind of different about then, but then like they they'll give all kinds of accounts of something and and it's amazing. So so generally where the third book and the series comes where I'm adding on new characters and then adding on the characters that were there in the first book and second book now one could think of like okay well now it's just are they going to be a continuous series is it going to be just something that you have as a book thing or is there any continuity to it and I would answer that question by saying that there it's completely random just in part of what characters that I have in there and then the ones that I include in any of the continuity of the series. that just, <laughs> I, I can't even really even describe if I were to choose or pick which ones to have and include in one series and then disclude in another. Uh, it is, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I would just say like in the fifth series something or the f- fifth book that I, I haven't even thought of yet I would have that like okay I'm gonna have that character in it as an idea but to physically do it I have to be talking to you now and working on it actively in my head like I am with the fourth fourth book and it's actually a really fun thing to do so that's basically how the third book came along and I'll describe it in the best way that I can and say that um, this was untitled part two and so entitled was a series from the second book and it was the fun part of the series of describing or the beginning of the intricate parts of the floating aisle and each way that I'll describe it is always going to be different and the language of it and the reasoning why I don't label it as poetry is you could just hear it and I'll show you one second. It says uh, upon journeys began the fimulous brand five-sided jaded blend took her leave quantum net quantum rest, nestled tenemently, soundly intermitted the cat-headed queen's breast palms shining digits clenched curious peeked of fanciful things numbers to completion nine when she believed there were only ten bypassed heart intentions quadruple backwards interpretation the wall shifted. Where once stood a precipice melted. Untold silver feathers glistening. Curious wind rolled over into cliff. A fan spun a web pattern so intricate. All the formula could register thought process the number nine. Or was it ten? The fullness of being. Truly this is what the cat-headed queen meant. Her lungs teeming passed before her shown colors never before witnessed. Am Am I dreaming? She asked. No, a voice answers you become one of us. And the way and I I even wrote the date that I I wrote that. That was in uh what is that? The summertime of 2017. Like that was a long process of me getting this idea of this event that was happening. And I never wanted it to come off as poetry, never wanted it to come off as something official, a haiku, something where i it went with words and it was rigid, and it could only have this amount of stanzas and it can only have this amount of words or meanings and alliteration like that level of complicated thinking was initially fun and and a cool thing to do, but progressively, it would be too taxing for me as an artist to have something where everyone thinks of me just writing in one. Uh, cadence or writing in one type of style it, inevitably my style would change and inevitably I would have something that I would want to do that is different and it is, is crazily enough how one line could have an alliteration and another line could have a simile and it could just be a, a simple three words or a description or I could just have it typed out where uh, the lettering goes down in that way, so it, it, it's like a, a type setting in the middle, and you have like a description, and that could also correlate as an emotion. And I did that in the first book. and In most instances, you can think of it as just a typo, but no, I, I literally put it over on that side of the page so that one could see that, oh, this emotion, and they read it as such. Um, Another way of describing how I wrote or write the series is similar to how one thinks of comic books or graphic novels and the paneling and you have panels that obviously spill over into one another and you can think of comic books or you can think of just different series but the best of things that I like is that you have this unsaid language or slang that can spill off of the page and can do then go past the fourth wall and so it, it reads as two messages to the reader or it could read as to three and initially even the editors and other the colorers it, it could go so many different levels to how people can interpret it so that's, that's just one way me describing this but what I mean by that is you get your own way of thinking of it. You sit down, you be like, dude, I'm I listened to what this guy says. He was describing how he wrote it, but it makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't even read the same way. How did he even read it like that? And then I'll be like, yes, that's exactly what I why I was reading it to you on my podcast. <laughs> so another way of looking at the third book, too, is... Uh, it's just a, a crazy explosion. So what happened in what I was telling you and what I read to you was that this woman goes into the island or this floating island called Isidora. And she's basically trying to find her husband slash boyfriend slash lover. And she left her daughter with a friend and these are people whom she trusted from where they left as refugees and so she's going in this foreign place and speaking with this cat-headed goddess and she runs into her place and it's not just a normal place it's not heaven it's not hell it's not a dream it's not purgatory it's something quite different that she has not seen before ever and she's basically in awe and that's what's happening in this said story and what is being described and the end it says you become one of us because she continues this she continues to be not in awe but in a sense witnessing things that she could never conceive of and power that she had never known existed and it was just by this woman alone standing before her that amazed her and made her shift or just basically change of her perspective and worldview and that's why uh, at the end I I just allude as to say you become one of us and it's a weird interpretation I know I get it but uh, I'll explain it more in the next installment in a little bit more detail so thank you guys for listening thanks for listening to the tirades and my rants and tangents that always make sense it's, it's a cool, comforting thing. And, and like I said before, being a storyteller, you have to have, I guess, a story to tell first and then have lived something to have it make sense and of substance. And a lot of people are experiencing, once again, I say so much in life that we oftentimes forget that we are still experiencing and we still like stories and we still like the things that we did when we were younger, but we just learned to make ourselves busy and we already know what happens in the story. So the level of significance uh, weighs differently at different times. But when you see something for the first time, uh, someone described this to me uh, just yesterday and I smiled. It was called neuroplasticity. And I used to tell people this all the time and how seeing something different and abstract or hearing something or even witnessing something creates that wrinkle in the brain so that you make an analogy to that event again in another time and another setting when you see something similar or if it feels that way and and that point lets me know that the human race will be okay and that everyone is just doing their awesomeness all the time because yeah <laughs> that's all. Peace, peace, everyone. This is V. Hit the subscribe button. The more and more you guys like it, the faster it is I upload. Peace, peace.